But overall, I would say, you know, uh, really proud of our team. We had great commitment show up in, a, in our facility August, September. Uh, that was the challenge I put out to our guys. I thought last September was our worst in my going on eight years now. And uh, the turnout and the energy in the gym has been phenomenal. So uh, aside from getting hit by a truck last week and a hit and run, it's been pretty good. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, that was uh, Denver Nuggets head coach Michael Malone, and he was talking about the uh, the offseason, his uh, view of the commitment um, that Nuggets players showed in this offseason. And uh, uh, it, was, it was a reflectant of the way he approaches, um, he's approached things for a while. Um, one of the things that I'm going to talk about in this uh, series of four podcasts is talking about the season of no excuses. And um, this is really it. Um, this is the this is the first episode and the four. These won't be as long as some of the other Mortcasts. This is going to be um, shortened to the point. And I'm going to go over Michael Malone, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. Because they are the most important players in this stew uh, that we had. We call the Denver Nuggets. It is uh, what we have been seeing is, and what we have been told is that once the Nuggets are healthy. Uh, and everyone's back together. They're going to be a contending and uh, uh, team. And quite frankly, um, I don't see any reason why Denver Nuggets fans shouldn't hold them to this. So I am going to start with head coach Michael Malone, who is entering into his seventh season. Oh, no, maybe this is his eighth season. I think this is his eighth season covering uh, um, as the head coach of the Denver Nuggets. Um, And this will be an interesting test for him. So Anyway, uh, thank you all for joining me, um, and we will get on with this. Michael Malone has been head coach since 2015, and uh, he was tasked with changing the the culture of the Denver Nuggets. The, the Denver Nuggets were a uh, team that was uh, post-firing of George Carl in 2013, were um, caught between trying to compete and trying to rebuild, and it wasn't working. They were trying to do two things at once, and those two things are creating a toxic cult locker room culture. I can tell you that for sure because I was there. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun to be a Denver Nugget. It wasn't fun to cover the Denver Nuggets, and that really did extend to Malone's first year ish uh, with the Denver Nuggets. It was. It was still a difficult locker room. Um, it was still a difficult scenario. And if I'm ever going to give Michael Malone a compliment, it is that he uh, changed the culture of uh, this Denver Nuggets team, along with Will Barton and and some of the veterans that Tim Connolly, former uh, Nuggets team, then general manager, then team president, uh, Tim Connolly brought in around 2015 that really kind of uh, started to turn around the culture of the team that was really in a bad place post Brian Schaub. Um, he did more to, he did, he did more in that area than I think most people will ever give him credit for Michael Malone first and foremost, and above all deserves credit for really piloting this organization around from a really, really bad place with young players who were brought in, in a team that wasn't quite rebuilding, but was going to stock the roster with young players and, 
um, do that. And and this is his going into his eighth season. Um, his equation is completely different. And the proof is going to be in the pudding about whether he can transition from being a culture changer, which there are certain coaches out there who are definitely one of those kinds of coaches. Um, uh, or then he could maybe go into a championship coach and that's a hard needle to thread. Um, I have been accused of being overly critical of Michael Malone. So, uh, you know, this, this is not going to be a podcast of abject criticism. This is going to be expectation and what I expect from Michael Malone. Um, he has struggled with expectation in the last couple of years and uh, the clip I played you well, at the beginning was him was him really grappling and with the expectation of and the weight of expectation of this Denver Nuggets team. Uh, even within the the Nuggets own organization, this Nuggets team is trailing. Um, they were caught and surpassed by the Colorado Avalanche. Um, um, within the KSE fold, um, obviously, uh, the, the Rams also won a Super Bowl. Um, this Nuggets team is behind the eight ball, plus they are no longer had, they no longer have their general manager slash team president. Um, it is a, it is in some ways a new era and in some ways it's a very old one. Um, it is rare in the NBA that coaches make it as long as Michael Malone has, uh, being a coach since 2015. It just, it really is. Um, and it is also it is even rarer that a te- that a coach can take a rebuilding team slash culture changing team and take them into a championship level. Um, and really, this is the prove it or lose it year for Michael Malone and and for several players on the on the roster. Um, the, the nuggets will be going, getting, will be as of this podcast recording healthy going into, um, the, the preseason slate and their job is to take that health and turn it into a championship contending team. Um, I can tell you would be on the shadow of a doubt that this has not been a championship contending team the last couple of years. It's been a good team. And in 2019 and 2020, they were a uh, very good team. And in 2020, during the bubble, they get to the Western Conference Finals. So where do where does Michael Malone specifically go from here? And that is the $64,000 question, to use an old reference that many of you who are listening to this will not get. Um, that, is this, that, is the, that is the question. That is the burning question that is before us. Um, Malone has uh, some great qualities, um, and some of them are the fact that he seems to have the trust of uh, Jamal Murray and, um, and Nikola Jokic. Um, he, and, and in that way, that is one of your biggest tasks as a coach is to have the trust of your star players, uh, because this is the NBA. And if your stars don't like you, um, it doesn't matter if you're the greatest X's and O's person on the planet, you ain't going to succeed and they aren't going to play for you. So in that sense, the two best players being in Malone's corner have really buoyed him to, uh, to where he is. Um, Malone's Malone's biggest issue has always been late game management and not getting the yips basically uh if ever if ever i was going to have a criticism of michael malone is that it's it's 
though he is better than he was in 2015 um, by night and day, he is still too emotional and those emotions get the best of him. And uh, he either does something questionable in a game, um, forgets a player is on the bench because he's so emotional and focused on the game, or he says something stupid after the game. And uh, that is not something that you're going to be able to easily walk back from the more veteran a roster gets. And and it has been pointed out over and over in the Nuggets training camp videos that have come out is that that this is uh, something that's been actually pointed out by Michael Malone. This is a veteran roster. This is no longer the happy-go-lucky kids team. There are some kids on this roster, but this is the veteran roster. So in, in one sense, it's a, it's a, it's for someone like Michael Malone, probably more to his fit. Uh, But in other ways, uh, veterans don't take to the same thing that coaches do, that 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 uh, that uh, younger players do. You can't get away with some of the things that you were before. And Michael Malone has slowly learned, and I, I it's been a little slower than I wanted to, but he has slowly learned that he can't do the bullying coach thing. Um, it is not something that is uh, going to fly with a veteran roster. And this this roster night now is with Jokic in his eighth season, with uh, um, Jamal Murray now in his sixth season, Michael Porter Jr. is in his fourth or well, fifth season now. I, it, the, the, um, or is it Jamal's seventh season? Um, this team is not a young team this other than bones and a couple of the bench players this team is a roster filled with veterans who want who both want to win and want to play and michael malone is going to have to become a coach this season and i then the pressure is on this season without a doubt he's going to have to be a coach that understands what phil jackson did uh, whenever he coached these veteran rosters that were full of stars, managing egos and managing them into a position where they buy into a championship feel. Um, and that part is, is, is hard. And I do have sympathy for Michael Malone because it is not, it, it is not something that is a, a, an easy thing to do. Phil Jackson was by far the best at managing egos. Um, Malone has modeled himself largely off of Greg Popovich. Um, Popovich had the uh, pleasure of coaching um, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Sean Elliott, um, (laughs) players that were very veteran when he got on the roster after he sandbagged Bob, Bob Hill to become a coach. There was, there was a, there, you know, Robinson was injured in 96, 97, and that allowed the, uh, and Sean Elliott, and that allowed the Spurs to be able to lose enough to luck into winning the, the lottery. Um, famously, your Denver Nuggets uh, won their last game of the season, uh, thus putting them one game behind the Spurs in terms of percentage, and they uh, the Spurs subsequently won the 1997 draft lottery, which uh, still still burns to this day. Uh, but there, there's a lot of differences. Um, it's hard to model yourself off of, off of that kind of thing. What I would model if I was, if I was Michael Malone, I would model myself after Eric Spolster, 
Um, Spolstra is a guy who both who has both managed a rebuilding roster um, and has managed stars. Um, maybe the greatest coaching job I've ever seen um, was Spolstra t- somehow coaxing that 2010. Um, uh, nine 2009 10 heat roster to the playoffs somehow um that had basically had been pared down to just Dwayne Wade um uh, by the time uh, they got to that because of obviously the 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 heat were uh gunning for LeBron James so obviously if we are going to try to draw a, a a correlation between something that Michael Malone can achieve and someone who's currently in the NBA. That is without a doubt. It is Eric Spolstra. Spolstra is a role is, was widely known as a tremendous coach. And, um, and that part is uh, uh, without a doubt. And I, and um, if Malone can look to someone in the league, someone who has come, come in and had uh largely good success um even without lebron james being on the roster he has to look to eric spolstra and i think if malone is smart in this year of no excuses uh that this is where he that that is where he should look to find out how spolstra manages egos as well as uh, uh brings along young people and that's a hard needle to thread as i've said over and over and over again um, in this year of no excuses, Michael Malone needs to understand that he cannot control everything. And um, that is this is one of Malone's biggest uh, th- things that he has struggled the most with um, adjusting to. Um, Malone is a very hands-on, very control-heavy, and when you get a team that is more veteran, you give up control. Um, you give up that control because these guys know what they're doing. This is the NBA. This is not the NFL. You're not managing, you know, 11 people on one side and 11 people on the other and a bunch of backups of their 54-man roster where you can are afforded the ability to say you are out, you're losing your job be due to you're not playing well because there's like five people behind you. This is this is the NBA where this, you're the people behind the stars aren't as good as the people who are stars. And when you have a veteran team, you just have to give up control. You have to give up your, your, um, you have to give up the, that, that urge to um, become hands-on and micromanaging. Um, And once you do that, you become a better coach in the NBA. And specifically the NBA. If, if this was Eurobasket, um, Michael Malone would uh, probably not have to change a damn thing because coaches in Eurobasket have a ton, and I do mean a ton of control. They have, it's a different ball game. And this is why Jokic is only playing, was only playing 28 minutes a game in Eurobasket, right? Which probably saved the Nuggets, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and their early exit, as I pointed out before, probably saved the Nuggets as well. So the the Michael Malone has a lot, has proven a lot, and still has a lot to prove. Um, I am not a Malone hater. I am definitely have always been desirous of him getting better at things that he kind of is very slow at improving. Um, there is a there's a slowness to it. It took him years. It took him years to get better on the timeouts. 
Um, and he has night. And if you look back to 2015, it's night and day. Um, it, it really takes the the distance of history to uh, get that far back. Uh, Michael Malone is not that same coach. He is he is a different coach, um, and yet still the same. In this year of no excuses, really, there's no excuse for him not to be able to give up some control to his veteran roster and kind of go more with the flow than he has in the past. And and that will loosen up the team, and this will they will become a better and more uh, appreciative team. Every single dread veteran roster I have ever covered in while covering the Nuggets for the last 14 years, this is my 14th season covering the Denver Nuggets, um, has responded extremely well when a coach has let go of the reins. And I think this team, more than more than any other team that he personally has coached, Malone speaking, speaking of Malone, um, will benefit from him letting go of the rein a bit, um, backing off, trusting Nikola Jokic and trusting Jamal Murray and trusting Michael Porter Jr. and trusting the all these veterans on this roster that they know what they are doing. And I think the this team will much be much better for it. And if Malone can't prove to be that kind of guy, um, without a doubt, he will be on the hot seat. And this is the year where there's expectation, a, ro- a healthy roster coming into the year, and um, it is going to be on him to prove that he can adapt to that um, and adapt to the, his new reality. And uh, we, I, I think I, I, I'm leaning towards having the notion that he can do it. Um, and, uh, if he can do what I said and just ease back, understand that he's got a superstar in veterans on this roster, if he can ease back, then he will be much better for it, save his own blood pressure and, um, look like a genius going into the end of the year. All right, before I go, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th at Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. I just had uh, went down there um, during a lunch thing, and I had a uh, uh, 2018 Cabernet. It was very good. It was very good. It was just as good as the 2017 varietal. I would check that out. But they got other reds. They got other uh, whites. They're one of the best wine bars in Denver. They also have a uh, Northern California uh, branch, where which is their original one. And they've got just so much that you can try. Uh, partnerships with Western Slope Wineries, which are um, just, you know, supporting your local Colorado businesses, which is really what we want during these times. You can go to bfwdenver.com, book yourself a table, pick yourself up a wine bottle, um, or get yourself some swag on there. Just find out what events they've got going down at Blanchard Family Wines. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th at Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwdenver.com. They are on Facebook and on Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you down there. All right, folks, uh, this is episode one of the season of No Excuses. Uh, Next podcast will be about Nikola Jokic. uh, And believe it or not, how he can improve as a player going into this, this pivotal, this most pivotal, 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 most pivotal of years. All right. Thank you all for joining me. I'll be back with that episode. Goodbye.